Kristen. And I'm Bethany. And this is Looking for the Middle, the Christian girl's guide to modern dating. We're here to help you date with confidence while honoring the Lord and to show you that your identity and contentment are in Christ. We're going to give you the tools that you need to date successfully and be set up well for success in a godly marriage. If you've ever felt like you didn't really belong with any of the extremes in dating today, well, you're not alone. Neither did we. And that's why we're here looking for the middle. Welcome, friends. Thanks so much for joining us for another episode. I never know how to like, it doesn't seamlessly transition whenever I start these because we, if y'all haven't figured it out by now, we pre-recorded our intro because it was getting really long to read every time. So here we are. Yeah. (laughs) Welcome. You're here. We're here. We're here. Let's chat. Let's go. Okay. Before we chat though, let's quickly remind everyone, if you haven't signed up for our newsletter yet, go do that. It's on our website or our Instagram is there a newsletter button at the top of the website? Is mm-hmm. that where it is? Yep. So you can go sign up there. Just give us your email address and we will send you our newsletter every week on Thursdays. Time TBD because sometimes we forget. Um, and by we, she means me. <laughs> not in a passive aggressive way. No, not it's at all. Just... I can't ever remember to post on time to Patreon two days early. So sorry to everyone for that. I'm getting my act together. Anyway, newsletter. Rain it in. Yes. <laughs> it is a lovely collection of articles, books, blog posts, other podcasts, other episodes from ours, mostly pertinent to the topic from that week. So we always send it out on Thursdays, the day after the episode. So go sign up for that if you haven't already. And you get a Hallmark movie of the oh, week. Oh, yes. And we're in the holidays now. It's so, so great. they're all Christmas movies. Who doesn't <sighs> want that? So, yes. That's worth it's it. It's a win-win all around. It is. Second thing, if you don't follow us on social media already, make sure you're doing that. We are on Instagram at LFTM underscore podcast or on Facebook at Looking for the Middle Podcast. However, we are more active on Instagram. So probably a better bet if you follow us there. Um, I think those were my two reminders. They were. Okay. You ready for the question yes. of the day? Question of the day. Real quick before I ask the question. Okay. I feel like there are all these disclaimers. Like, we're going to do this, but before we do that. <laughs> so we were reading through on instagram the last time we didn't ask for really the last two times we've asked for question of the day suggestions y'all have come up with some amazing questions and a lot of them and a lot of them and so we thought it would be fun because y'all know we have a season break from christmas week through valentine's day mm-hmm. and we take off we we don't ever really take off with y'all we just take some yes take a break and record ahead of time but we thought it would be fun to pull a bunch of the questions of the day so that we can get to all of them yeah and pull a bunch of our favorites and do an episode where we're just answering y'all's questions of the day that yes that would aren't be so necessarily fun. you know what we could do what we could do it like a facebook live or something Ooh. and then other people could answer the questions too we could mm. maybe we'll so, so there's yeah. another reason you should go like our facebook page True. so you can get in on all that action yes Okay, but for today, our question of the day. We've had a few people ask this recently. What are our Enneagram numbers? Twelve. I'm the worst, y'all. All all you need to know about Bethany and the Enneagram. (laughs) Kristen's all into these, like, personality things. I'm not. It took me ten years to remember my... What is it? Myers Briggs. The oh, four I still letters. Don't ever remember those. I'm and I just one. mastered that one and what it meant. And then suddenly they're like, "What's your your enneagram number?" And I'm like, "My ennea what?" <laughs> so uh, I never. I'm whenever it comes up, I'm like, "Kristen, what what am I?" <laughs> so Bethany's a three. I'm a three. For those of you who are enneagram fans, yeah. And she is a three wing two. Okay. And 
I am a two with very even wings. So I want to fly straight. I fly straight. Yes, I do. (laughs) Soaring. I go in circles, apparently. (laughs) Clapping with the left and not with the right. Um, So, yes, Bethany is a three, which is. And I think I'm a pretty typical three from what you've said, right? Okay. So, what's really funny is if you are familiar with Enneagram, you'll know this, but threes and eights are typically your really like strong personalities. Y'all, probably 90% of the people I'm close to are threes or eights. Okay. So I don't really know what that says about me, but like Bethany is a three. My roommate is a three. My brother is a three. My sister and my mom are eights. Oh, that's funny. Um, Well, what's the difference in a three and an eight? So a three, oh gosh, you're going to put me on the spot. Hey. So threes are the achievers. Yep. So yes, they're very like work they can be workaholics Mm -hmm. and they're not super healthy but they're super they high achievers high responsibility um they care a lot about what people think about them um yes and just i mean yeah just to be stereotypical like super high achieving and just really like really hard workers do really good work when they do it take a lot of pride in that that kind of thing got it um Eights are the challengers. They are the. This is what we're doing, and I don't really uh, like get on board or yeah, get, off get on board or get <laughs> off the train. Super dominant, very um, task over people. Okay. Um. Yeah, can be the if you're a female eight, you get stereotyped as the B word is the gotcha. joke. Um, okay. That, <laughs> You get called that. Um, but real strong-willed, super motivated, okay. really driven. So a lot of them are really similar. I think So eights, threes are more, they're more concerned about people yes. somewhat, like, and not necessarily in a good way, mm-hmm. than an eight would be. Yes. Okay. Yes. That makes sense. Yes. Definitely I'm a three then. Yes. So there's the difference. Okay. Um, and then, yes, I am a two who, if I'm stressed, moves to an eight. Oh, so if you okay. when I get really stressed, I get really bossy. Yeah. And I don't You're like, just about, get out of my like, way. Just get out of my let way. Let me done. do it. I can take control. Uh-huh. All the, the not great things about an eight is what I do when I get stressed. So that's always Good fun to know. for people. But yeah, so there's our Enneagram. If you're yep. not familiar with the Enneagram, hopefully you skipped through this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or you are interested now and you'll go buy like a book on it or something. Yeah. Um, I would be the skipper. I'd be yeah. Like, I don't know. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> You're either in it or you're not. Yes. I get it. So, but a lot of people are curious. They so. are. We get asked. That is one question. And I know it, people are always like, oh, I get so many questions about this. I know. When we say we get a lot of questions, we mean like, oh, we've had like four or five in the last couple months. So yeah. it's not that much, but right. it's like, oh, wow. This has been asked several times. Yeah. So. It's a majority. There you go. So we wanted to address it. Yes. Okay. Moving on. Moving on into the episode. We are talking today about the lies we believe about dating. Wasn't this also in the voting? Yes. Okay. That's what I thought. Um, I had honestly forgotten about this episode. Yep. But then when I saw it, I was like, ooh, this is going to be... I'm excited. ...a really good one. So we are going to break down... I believe we have six lies that we, we believe... forgot to count our list. One, two, three... Because we cut one, remember? Because it ended up being oh, the yeah. same as another one. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, six. Okay. Six lies we believe about dating. So we're going to... Oh dear. Okay. Sorry. I'm just hitting chords, y'all. <laughs> we are going to state these lies. We're going to talk about where these lies come from, kind of where your heart's at when you're struggling with believing these lies, and then how to 
not believe them. (laughs) That's a very (laughs) brash way of saying it, but you get what I'm saying. Like how, what truth you need to be replacing. The put off and put on. Yeah, exactly. So let's just jump in. Let's do it. Lie to me, Kristen. Lie number one, (laughs) marriage will fix everything. (sighs) Biggest lie ever. Do I believe it from time to time still? Absolutely. 100% I do. But is it a lie? Yes. It is. It is. And it's one that is very tempting to believe, but it's one that we really need to be fighting off. We do. And this one's tough because, and we'll get into this a little bit more in a minute. This one's tough because this lie is almost reiterated in the church somewhat Mm -hmm. subtly. A lot of these lies, you know, you, you look to the church, you look to like that for truth and you get it. But in this one, I think the church can miss the mark unintentionally sometimes. Um, So that makes this one really tough to overcome, at least for me. At its core with this, though, believing this lie is a heart issue. Like it goes back to a heart issue that hasn't been dealt with in you. And you're believing that marriage will fix everything. Because what you're basically saying is, in my current situation, Jesus isn't enough to satisfy me. So I need something else to fix that. And you may get married and those things that you thought it was fixing, it may seem like it is. But if you haven't dealt with that heart issue, then you'll get used to being married and you still aren't satisfied in Jesus. So there will be something you're like, okay, well, I can't fall back on this now. So, okay, if we, if I had a better job, if we made more money, if we had a bigger house, if we had kids, if on and on and on it goes... And nothing will ever be enough to satisfy you other than Jesus. So as long as you keep trying to find some that next thing that will quote unquote fix you, you're going to be left dissatisfied and have to keep looking for something else because only Jesus can give you that heart satisfaction that is really what you're looking for. Yeah. And what I think is so interesting about when you get to the root of these lies, because the lie itself is is really enticing when you say it of like, oh, marriage will fix it. Like if I can just get married, I'll be okay. But then when you say out loud, like, oh, I want to get married because Jesus isn't enough. You're like, oh God, that sounds terrible. And you say it out loud and you realize, oh gosh, like, I don't want that to be the case. Like, I don't want my life to, I don't want to live my life in a way that communicates, oh, okay, well, Jesus, you're, you're great and all, but I also want this, 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 and this, I'm going to be happy. And so that's why with all of these, we're, we're pointing out the root issue here, because as long as you deal with this on a surface level, it's never going to go away. And this is where you've got to do some digging. And we talk about killing weeds earlier. You know, the, the analogy is still the same here. Like these lies can root themselves Mm -hmm. really deeply into your heart and even in your mind. And so it's important that you get to the deeper issue here. Yeah, because we're talking about lies we believe about dating on the surface. But what most of these you're going to see, what they really come back to is this is a, an outward manifestation of a lie that you are believing about God's character, about who he is. And this is just how it shows up in this area of your life. And so those those are big issues that need to be dealt with. Mm-hmm, exactly. And so with this one, with you know, oh, marriage is going to fix everything. Like Bethany said, it's hard because we hear this from the church, not that blatantly, but it's implied. And, 
you know, you always hear people saying, oh, being a wife is the most sanctifying thing ever. You just realize, I can't tell you how many times people be like, I've learned how selfish I am in my first year of marriage, which I'm sure you do. I'm not discrediting that, but there are a lot of ways for you to figure out that you're selfish. Okay. (laughs) Or, oh my gosh, being a mom is just the most sanctifying thing. And hear me, I'm not saying that marriage and motherhood are not sanctifying. They absolutely are. But the way it's communicated, it's like, oh, these are the, the, it's like the fast track to sanctification yeah. if you're married with kids. And these if are you're the better not, things. Yeah, yeah. These are the better ways to be sanctified. Mm-hmm. And oh, if you're single, like, yeah, I guess you can still be <laughs> sanctified, but it's just not the same. Uh-huh. And it's, again, I'm, I'm being snarky here. Like, I get that the, the intent is not there for people to make us feel less than in the way we're being sanctified because we're single, but you're not missing out on sanctification if you're not married and you don't have children. Exactly. And just like you were saying, kind of like re rephrasing how you talk about this and we would say marriage would fix everything. That's a palatable thing to say. Whereas saying, Oh, well, I don't think Jesus is enough for me is not as, that doesn't feel as good to say. Mm-mm. And so it's kind of the same thing here. It's not a matter of, we know people aren't saying you aren't as sanctified, you aren't as whatever because you're not married. That's not what they're saying, but they're kind of saying the more cleaned up version of that. Mm-hmm. It gives that impression whether that's what they mean or not. And so when you hear over and over and over, well, this is the most sanctifying thing. This is the most sanctifying thing I've ever done. This is the most, what we all want to be the most sanctified, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you go along, go along, go along, you, I get it. I've thought this and I struggle against thinking it now because you just naturally assume, well, I want to be the most sanctified that I can and this must be the way to get it. Mm-hmm. And so you, you start to feel like, okay, I'm, I'm doing as much as I can here in the minor leagues, like, but there's yeah. a ceiling and I, I can't seem to get into the big leagues of sanctification. Like I'm just stuck here mm-hmm. and that's not the case. It's not true. No, not at all. And I think this is where we're going to mention this John Piper video like several times. It was in our (laughs) newsletter two weeks ago. It was talking about, you know, people are getting married later. How do I wait faithfully? All of that. And so we're going to reference that. But yes, we'll put let's put it in the newsletter again tomorrow. Oh, good. So if you haven't signed up for the newsletter yet, make sure you go do that. We'll put the video in it again because it was really Krista, our friend Krista, sent it to us, and we have talked about it a lot since then. Gosh, it was so, so good. It's so good. I need to go back and watch it again. Yeah. It was, I'm like, I just want to write everything down that he said. But he was talking about how your goal in life is not to get married. Mm-hmm. Your goal is to become more like Christ and to glorify him with your life. And you can do that whether you are single or married. And... You are not limited to the level at which you're able to do that in a way that honors the Lord based on your marital status. And I mean, and I keep going, and I know this is the most cliche thing ever to say (laughs) as a Christian, but like Paul is under Jesus, probably the most influential person to ever walk the earth. And he never got married and wrote about it, obviously, in (laughs) 1 Corinthians 7, but I think it's so easy in our culture and we Americanize the Bible and, you know, our, we Americanize our faith and all of that. And I get that because that's the filter we've grown up learning this from. But we, I feel like, need to make sure we're keeping marriage in the proper lane or yes. the proper bucket, whatever <laughs> metaphor you want to use there. But you are not 
missing out. You are not less than. All your problems aren't going to go away. You're not going to feel perfectly content just because you get married. Yeah. And so if you're single right now, which I'm assuming the majority of you are, if you're listening to this, (laughs) then I would really, really, really encourage you to get into the word, start praying and asking the Lord to replace this lie you're believing with his truth, you know, begin memorizing verses that are speaking to this, whether that is first Corinthians seven or whether we're going to give you a couple other verses later in the episode and putting those at the forefront of your mind so that when you do hear things like, Oh, I, you'll just, you're going to grow so much in your faith when you get married. Absolutely. You'll grow so much in your faith while you're single too. Exactly. And just reminding yourself of that with God's truth so that you don't sit there and feel insecure and less than and like Mm -hmm. you're in the minor leagues because you don't have a ring on your left hand. Yeah. I mean, think of it this way, really saying that it's almost limiting God in a way that in order for him to make you the, the most holy version of yourself, you have to be married. Like he can do that when you're not. Mm -hmm. And he does. And I'm getting ahead of us because we're going to talk about God gives good gifts and he does what's best for his children always at the exact time that it is best for them. Mm-hmm. And I'll stop there because yeah. I know we're going to talk about that. Yeah. Well, and the last thing I'll say, and then we can go to that lie, is I think that we think if marriage will fix everything, because when I get married, then people will stop trying to fix me. Mm. And there's this sense of I get it. people are like, oh, I need to tell you. Oh, it's okay, honey. You've got plenty. T- oh, I need, I've got somebody for you. Oh, have you met somebody yet? I'm shocked no one snatched you up. But, you know, fill in the blank. Yeah. And to an extent, like when, I, when we were writing this outline, Bethany was like, I mean, that will happen. Most likely you'll quit getting those. It's like, have you seen that new Netflix Christmas movie that's? It just holiday holiday i've seen the preview yeah okay the trailer they basically it's emma what's her last name mm-hmm. roberts roberts emma roberts yeah she's julia, julia roberts, roberts niece emma roberts and then luke what's his name from um he was in a nicholas he, sparks movie and he was in marco polo he's oh, australian I thought he was in the um the in movie no it's a different on guy netflix different oh. guy um the best of me was the Nicholas Sparks movie he was in. Uh, yeah, it's fine. I don't know that one. I'll be the resident expert on his <laughs> movies. But they basically decide that they're going to be each other's date to all the holiday events, so that people will leave them alone, and they do. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what we think will happen. Which, again, it probably will. But about that, yeah. But you're, again, you're you're not addressing the heart right. issue here. Exactly. So just. It's deeper than you probably think where it's easy to, for you to just route, oh, I just, if I, when I'm married, I won't have to deal with this yeah. anymore. Or when I'm married, I'll be happier. I won't have to worry about this or I'll get to do this or this will be true. Yeah. It's deeper than that. Yeah. Okay. Let's go on to that. We can jump to talking about God withholding good things from me. And I think that it, that is a lie we believe when you're single and maybe for an extended period of time or maybe you're you know, you're dating, but it never works out with anyone. And so you constantly find yourself in this cycle of looking for someone. And it's easy to think that God is withholding something good from you. But kind of like with the first one, we're going to talk about, okay, where is your view of God skewed here? And this is one that I struggle with 
because I apparently as a three, I'm an achiever or whatever, <laughs> but I, ju- I think, well, if I could just be better, then God would give this to me. If I could just do this differently, then God would do that. I have a very much like if this, then that. And I view God a lot of times. And like we were talking about before, I would never sit down and say, this is what I think of God. But this is what my actions and my thoughts say that I think of God. And so it's a, it's a, you know, we talk about taking your thoughts captive a lot here. And this is an area that I do a lot because it constantly is popping up that, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, well, if I could just earn this, then God would give it to me as opposed to knowing that whatever I'm in now is God's best. And so I think you have to unskew your view of God on this one because you can't look at God through your experience with people. And with people, if you don't do what they like or you don't, you know, act the way they want you to, yeah, you don't get the good things. You don't get the promotion. You don't get whatever. You don't get invited to the party. You don't, you know, whatever it is, if you don't act the way people say that you should, then there are consequences. Things happen as a direct result. And I'm not saying there aren't consequences for sin. We're not going to get into uh, that whole theological discussion. But what I'm saying is God never withholds anything good from his children. So if you are not married right now, that is because that is not the best thing for you right now. Mm -hmm. And that is a hard pill to swallow sometimes because in our, in our minds, well, I'm ready. I, yeah, marriage would definitely be the best thing for me right now. Right. Yeah. But apparently it's not. Yeah. My pastor uh, told the story one time where when he was, I think four or five, his, he wanted a pocket knife and his dad was talking to him and he was like, one day. I will get you a pocket knife, but right now you're not Hmm. old enough to handle this. You don't know how to use it. You don't really have any use for it at five years old. That's productive (laughs) and helpful. Um, And it's going to be more dangerous than good Mm -hmm. for you to have this right now. But when you're ready, when you're older, I will give it to you. The pocket knife was not a bad thing, Yeah, but it wasn't what was best for him at the time Mm -hmm. and he used that analogy to say exactly what you're saying like what you want wanting marriage is a good thing yeah there is nothing about that that's a bad desire you shouldn't be ashamed that you want that or feel guilty for wanting that but you don't know all of the extenuating circumstances you don't have the same perspective that god does to know okay well this is why and oh, I didn't see this coming. Like there are so many times I look back and I was like, wow, if things had happened the way I thought mm-hmm. and then to seeing what happened two months later, like, gosh, I'm so glad that that didn't work out. But I couldn't see that, but God could. Yeah. And we, Bethany reminded me yesterday because I was talking about how I think it's so gracious when God does give us these little like nods of, okay, here's one reason Mm -hmm. why this didn't work out. Or here's one good thing that's come from this really crappy situation. He doesn't have to do that. Like he's just that good and gracious that he seems to, at least for me, usually I get a little something and I'm (laughs) like desperately looking for it. I think as humans, we want closure or we want justification or resolution. Yeah. Yeah. But then Bethany so kindly reminded me, Kristen, there are going to be things, though, that we don't ever know. Why, and that's where your faith comes in. And that's where your faith strengthens. Because scripture says we, you know, walk by faith, not by sight. We walk knowing and trusting and believing that God is good, whether he shows us 
oh, this is the reason why I did this, or this is the good that's come. We may never know what good is going to come from the not great situations that we're walking through on this side of heaven. Mm-hmm. However, I am convinced when we get to heaven, I told Bethany this yesterday, I'm like, we're like the first however long is just going to be us going like, oh, I get it now. Oh, that's what you were doing. Okay. I understand. And, you know, God's just going to be like, I picture him just like a father would with that little smirk and not like, yep, I tried to tell you like, or, you know, if you had just trusted me, like I told you 4,000 times in the Bible, then you probably would have been okay. Um, but all of that to say, I think when you are struggling with this lie of, oh, God's keeping something good for me, or I just really want to be married right now and I don't understand. I feel like I'm ready, whatever. Go to Psalm 8411. This is one that I have committed to memory in the past (laughs) couple of years that I have to tell myself over and over that says, the Lord God is a sun and shield. He bestows favor and honor. Not you, not anybody else. He bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless or who walks uprightly, depending Mm -hmm. on what you're reading. And that's such a comfort of, okay, then that where I'm at, if I am obediently following the Lord, this is his best for me right now. And if that means I'm not married, okay, then marry. Because then think about it from a practical standpoint. Do you really want to be married if it's not what's best for you right now? Because I feel like as girls, especially, we just put marriage on, you know, we have this idealistic view, which... We all do it. I'm not sitting here pointing the finger. I struggle with this too. And it's going to be great. It's going to be so romantic. And we're going to be so lovable. <laughs> and yes, that will be part of it. But that's not the whole of it. And so, yeah, you could go get married right now. But if it's not God's best for you, do you really want to force that and then deal with all the repercussions of getting ahead of him mm-hmm. when that when you choose to not wait for if God has a husband for you? Yeah. And I love following up that verse. I love the quote from Spurgeon. This says, remember this, had any other condition been better for you than the one in which you are, divine love would have put you there. Mm. And that's so easy to read and be like, oh yeah, absolutely. But remember this verse, remember this quote, remember these things in those times where it seems like God is withholding something and remember that in those instances when you have scripture telling you one thing and you have your emotions telling you another your emotions are the ones that are wrong your feelings your thoughts on that are what need to be realigned and you know we talk a lot on here we say a lot that different is not bad it's just different and talking about these situations in this case I would say different meaning marriage meaning a serious boyfriend meaning whatever it is different is not better It's just different. So all of your friends may be married. That is the best thing for them right now. You aren't. That's different. But it is also the best thing for you right now. And so I think if we spent more time focused on what we should be learning in this season that we don't particularly pick, if we spent more time focused on that than we do on trying to change our situation, my guess is those situations would not last as long. I mean, you're not going to change God's will. I'm not getting into that, but I'm just saying these seasons drag on sometimes, I think, because we're a little slow on the uptake. Mm -hmm, For (laughs) sure. Well, and not only do I think it's important exactly what you just said about focusing on what can I learn from this, but also what do I have to be grateful for right now? And it's like if you're walking down a sidewalk and 
you're just, you know, taking a nice little stroll and you imagine like God is just throwing all these blessings at Mm -hmm. your feet, you know, you fill in the blank. I'm not going to fill it in for you, but just all these things, other things you've prayed for, you know, just things that he's given you out of the, you know, love he has for you. And you're so busy scanning for a boyfriend or a husband that you don't even take any, like you don't take it in. You're not grateful for it. You don't use it. You don't enjoy it because you're so, you have so such blinders on that. I'm just looking for this one thing and God, you're not giving it to me. What, what the heck basically. (laughs) And, but how awful would you feel if like you were the one giving you know someone you loved all this stuff like oh I'm giving her this and I'm giving her that I'm giving her this and look at all that I'm doing for and look how much I love her and I'm trying to show her that and and she doesn't care because the one thing she wants she's not getting right now how heartbreaking that is (laughs) Uh and so this is one of those lies talking about God withholding something good from me you combat it with truth but you also combat it with gratitude yes and so really take the time to think about what can I be thankful for right now? What is God giving me right now? What prayers has he answered recently that maybe I just cast aside because it wasn't the prayer that I had really been praying the hardest for maybe or whatever, (laughs) you know, and, and thank God for those things and enjoy them because there are going to be probably some of those things that go away when you get married. Yeah. And that's just the reality of life and life seasons changing. So don't miss out on the opportunity to enjoy and be grateful for what is in front of you because you're still looking for what's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'll get done off my soapbox now. Okay. <laughs> Next lie. We're going halfway through here. Okay. The, the lie is there aren't any good men left. Are we sure that was <laughs> not true? Sorry, <laughs> I'm I'm running on y'all. Know I'm joking, but oh, sometimes this, this it seems sometimes this one seems more true than the others. I I'll would just agree. Be fully transparent and say that I struggle with this one. I would totally agree, and I this is just <laughs> one of those things about if you're a single Christian girl and you haven't ever said this, yeah. please DM us, please, and share. We'll me. like give you something. Yeah, we'll send because we don't think you're out there. Yeah, you're like wow. Um, <laughs> ask this yeah where are they what am I supposed to do and this asking this question or making this statement oh gosh there are any good men left this comes from a place of impatience Mm -hmm. and doubt yeah and also from a very limited perspective like I get that it feels like there are no but there are six billion people in the world or eight or however many (laughs) there are I can't even keep up anymore um you live in a town somewhere. I don't know where you live, but like take me and Bethany, for instance. We live in a small town ish town. Yeah. Sort of. We're like suburby. I small thought town. we lived in a small town. And I've told people, oh, yeah, I live in a small town. And then I've gone to their small towns and I'm like, oh, oh never mind. This is not that small. It was small at one point. Yes. There it's, you go. It's it has grown up. And so I think we associate still with yeah. the small town okay y'all don't care about yeah, that yeah, moving yeah. on <laughs> yeah we live in a, in a not in a big city yes in north georgia and 
we, I mean, I haven't even been to half of the 50 states. Okay, much uh-uh. less all over the world. So for me to be like, oh my gosh, Lord, there just doesn't seem like there's anybody. Like, I, that's the least informed opinion <laughs> yes. that I could ever offer about anything. And so it's so, this is a one that's so feelings driven, which a mm. lot of these are. Mm-hmm. But this one specifically, because it feels like there's no one around and you're tired of waiting and it doesn't seem like the conditions are really favorable for you to meet somebody the last guy was a jerk i think that one plays Mm, in a lot when the last guy was kind of a jerk maybe he wasn't even a jerk maybe he just was kind of a dud in whatever way and so well now there's just aren't there aren't any good guys out there because i thought he was good and look at him exactly it's a defense mechanism i think because instead of possibly stopping and saying "Ooh." I didn't pick the greatest Mm. or I let these things by, or I just, you know, discarded those red flags or whatever. Not always, but I do think this comes into play. I've done it. It's a lot easier to say, Oh, there just aren't any good men left. Mm -hmm. And it's obviously nothing to do with me. Yeah. Because if y'all can see Bethany's head, I know I can feel my bun on top of my head, like going crazy while I'm talking. I'm getting into it. (laughs) And Y'all, full transparency here. I've been super convicted about this recently because I talk about, we talk about on here all the time. We're praying for our future husbands and our future marriages and hoping they're going to happen and (laughs) what we're looking for. And um, praying specifically, at least for me, that, okay, Lord, I want it to be so obvious that you orchestrated this relationship. And then when I look at my circumstances and it's like, well, how the heck is this going to happen? I start to go try to do things and it's like, okay, well, God, if, if I'm going to humanize God, not humanize him, but like if I'm going to imagine what, imagine he, would, what yeah. he would, how he would be responding, he's like, Kristen, what do you want? You ask for this, but then you go do this. Like, which is it? I need you to pick one. And <laughs> as if we had any control over God, exactly. but I do the same thing. I can just yeah. imagine him being like okay, um, I, I'm trying here, yeah, but yeah. you're in the way. Yeah. And it's like, okay, if I'm praying that God would orchestrate something in a way that I couldn't, but then I'm frustrated <laughs> that I have circumstances in front of me that seem absolutely impossible. Yeah. Okay. Well, God could very well just be setting himself up to mm-hmm. answer my prayer, but I get frustrated. Yeah. And so it's like, again, impatience, doubt, because you're praying one thing and then you're acting a completely different way. And you're yeah. acting as if you don't believe he's going to answer your prayer. Mm-hmm. Which is just something I feel like we as fallen human beings default to. We think yeah. God needs our help. And <laughs> yeah. it's like, oh my gosh, please just sit down and watch me work circles around you. Um, but I would, I just wanted y'all to know, like, I really have been feeling conviction about this okay Kristen if you're gonna pray these big bold prayers then you need to believe that God can answer them in big ways and stop trying to think that you need to intervene to make it happen yeah I mean because I know one thing that you've talked about before that you pray specifically is that God will bring someone into your life in a way that you know like you know without a doubt that this is what he has brought about for you Mm -hmm. so if you're making it happen yourself can you really know that that's what he's doing exactly you can't yeah and so you have to, I hate this phrase, let go and let God as if he needs your permission. I, like, I, I don't like that phrase for that mm-hmm. reason. Cause it's like, okay, well I'm going to stop now and let you do what you want to do kind of thing. Like it's not how God works, but the sentiment of 
okay, you have got to let go. Mm-hmm. L- yes, let go because you're what's in the way. You're the one that can't make this happen. You're not giving God permission. You're getting out of his way. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think that's huge. Well, and I've seen mul- or I've had multiple times in my life where it was like the Lord was trying to get me to let go and I didn't. So either in my mind, you either let go willingly <laughs> or you're going to let go under yeah. not the best circumstances. Uh-huh. You're going to let go either way because yep. the sovereignty of God is the sovereignty of God. But yes. you can either get on board early <laughs> or you can, you know, be dragging along Kicking and just, screaming yeah, the whole way yeah. on with white knuckles and he's going to be prying it out of your yeah. hands. And which one sounds more or less awful, I guess, <laughs> yes. would be the best way to say that. Yeah. Uh, and I, I would encourage you on this one. Don't fall prey to the trap that settling would be better than being single. Because I think that is where we can end up a lot of times. It's like, well, this guy isn't that great, but he's here and he's into me. So that's better than being on my own. And he seems to love God. Like, don't don't fall into that trap no do you really want to like say that because it's so easy to justify that to yourself yeah. but then when you start telling your friends and <laughs> or the people that are close to you they're like so how's his faith and yep. you're like well like you don't want to say that you want to be like no he is so on fire for the lord he's gr- i've seen evidence of him growing in his yeah. faith you want to be able to say or he like makes that. me want to be yeah. better in my faith exactly which is why i haven't said it in a while so i'm going to yeah. don't date in a bubble Mm-hmm. You need those people to ask you those things. So yeah. Anyway, I just had to say it. Yeah, and going <laughs> back to the John Piper video again, y'all. I cannot recommend this video. <laughs> it's like six minutes. It's not yeah. that long, I think but it's, it's twelve. So good. It's twelve. It's ignore 12. me. But no, it's short. Yeah. It's not like it. Anyways, yes. <laughs> details. If y'all don't like details, you're probably not still listening to us. Let's be honest. But he was talking about how. The girl who asked, like, sent in the question was basically talking about what we're saying. It just doesn't feel like there are a lot of good, strong Christian men to choose from when it comes to dating. But there seems to be a lot of Christian women that are looking (laughs) for those kinds of men. And so John Piper was saying, he was like, I get that it may not feel like there. He's like, there are a lot of good, strong, godly men out there. Guys who are pursuing the Lord, who are pursuing purity. He was like, there are still adult males out there who are not having sex. (laughs) And that plays into the question that the girl asked. But it was like, okay, I needed that reminder because it feels like, oh, everybody but me (laughs) is doing this. And he was like, so don't doubt that there are guys out there because... It's so easy for us to look at our own lives and be like, wow, God, look at what you're doing and look at how much you've taught me and how you're maturing me and growing in my faith and pruning me and all this stuff. And yet we doubt that God is doing that in the lives of men. Yeah. And that's not the case. He is just as capable of working in your life and in your heart and growing and maturing you to be more like himself as he is to do that in a guy's life. And so the fact that, oh, there just aren't any, like, are you really going to put, like you said, kind of put God in a box there of, oh, I guess he's not doing this with all the dudes. Like, that's not how it works. You know, he is still working in other people's lives and you have no idea until you get to know a guy what that looks like for him. Yes. So 
you just making this blanket statement based on your past relationships or your current circumstances or the fact that there are no single men in your church about all Christian men are just married or worthless. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not a fair statement. No, it's not. I think it's a little short-sighted too, because I think we can, without even realizing it, I think we can have in our heads this idea of, okay, God's working on me and I'm learning all these things and I'm, you know, all of this stuff. But then when I get to this point that I have determined is mature enough to be married or to have a boyfriend or whatever, then this guy should be fully matured and ready and waiting for me. Right. Mm-hmm. As opposed to thinking, you know, look at all that I've learned and all that I've come through. He's doing the same thing. God is bringing him along this same journey. And so maybe it takes a little bit longer I'm not saying it is, but maybe it's taking a little bit longer than you would like because God's teaching him something. God's bringing him through something. Maybe it's not about you. Mm-hmm. Have you ever, I mean, have I have you ever thought mentor, about that? Like, my maybe mentors have told me that before. And I was yeah. like, oh God, I didn't even think about that. And so I think it's a little short-sighted to just say, well, I'm ready for this. And there isn't a man out there that seems good enough for what I have decided. And so there just aren't any left. Mm-hmm. Like maybe he's becoming that. Yeah. Maybe he's becoming what God has for you. And far be it from God to not do that on your timetable. And I say, you're my, I'm preaching to the choir here. Um, But then I will say, I will (laughs) give some credit to the other side that if if you were looking for a strong, spiritually minded, serving, submitted to the Lord man, there aren't as many of those as there are men in the world. Mm. There aren't as many of those as there are in your church. But if you look in Matthew 7, it's verses 13 and 14. It says, broad is the way and many will enter that leads to destruction. But narrow is the way and few will go that leads to righteousness. I'm spitballing this. I don't know if that's verbatim, but you get the idea. And you're on this narrow path. You're on this narrow way. You're going through that narrow gate. And so is he. And so there are fewer of them. But it definitely pays off in the end. Wait for that. However long it takes, like we said before, maybe five, 10, 15 years, but you will not regret holding out for that. Yeah. Cause don't you, if you knew, and this is again, where we have to realize if we knew everything that God knew, we wouldn't be questioning him. Nope. And that's where we have to realize, okay, I don't know everything and I still shouldn't question him because I don't know everything. And that's where that trust comes in. Exactly. And If you knew, let's say, okay, there's this guy, you're going to marry him in five years. And he's just now getting to the point where he's starting to pursue a relationship with the Lord out of his own, you know, desire to grow close to the Lord. It's not, oh, I'm living with my parents. Oh, all my buddies are doing it and it was cool. No, I want a relationship with the Lord. And over the next five years, the Lord is going to do this incredible work in his life, grow him, mature you want marriage now, yeah. but the guy may not be at the place you would really like him to be from a spiritual standpoint for another five years. And if you knew that, you'd be like, oh, okay, cool. I'll wait. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and I'm not saying that's the case for everybody, but it's so, we think we're either entitled to know the reason or that we just know best. And we'd rather, again, but settling is better than being single. So like, okay, well fine. We'll just give him to me now and then he can grow while I'm married to him. <laughs> no, it's God knows not only what's best for you and wants what's best for you, but he wants what's best for this guy too. And if that means staying single for another two years, five years, 10 years while he works on his faith, 
and prepares him to be the kind of husband that you have been praying for, mm-hmm. then he will do that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's all. Yeah, <laughs> we've, I've told this story before, but it's been a long time. So I'll tell it again. Okay, Because I think it. we have new people who haven't heard it. There is a lady that I know who, she's probably about my parents' age. I think she's a few years younger. Miss um, Beverly? Yes. Okay, yes. Okay. I love this story. And she is one of the kindest, sweetest, most God-loving people you will ever meet. And she got married, you know, it's probably been, what, five, six years ago? Let's say five or six years. It doesn't matter specifically, but probably about five or six years ago. She had never been married before. Um, and I mean, I think she, I don't know if she'd been engaged before, but she'd been pretty close a couple of times. Like there had been guys, it just, but it was, it just never worked out. It was never the right guy. It never was whatever, but she wanted that, but she pursued the Lord. She didn't settle and she got married five or six years ago. And to hear their story, the, the man that she married, um, had been married he was married to his wife for years they had kids he's a pastor and his wife got cancer and passed away and so but that's who god had for her and if you think about like all that he walked through and all that god matured him through and all that god had for him to do like she didn't know that she didn't know any of that but she trusted and she was faithful and she waited And then now they're married very happily and, you know, that's what God had for them. But she didn't know, but if she had made something happen or rushed through or married one of those guys who wanted to marry her or whatever, it wouldn't have been, like you said, you would have been settling. You would have been trying to make something happen on your own and that's not what God intends it to be. I love that story. I know. It's just, it's such a good reminder. It is. It really is. Very encouraging to me. So one last thing I'll say on this though, kind of totally changing a little bit here is it's really easy to say, well, there just aren't any good guys. It's an easy thing to say. It's trendy. People will jump on board with you and you say it. Um, So I get it. We've had those discussions. Like I get it, (laughs) but I would... I'm just going to challenge you ladies on that a little bit. And I'm challenging us in the process too of saying, okay, evaluate the guys in your life and appreciate the ones who are good. And that, you know, really step back and say, okay, well, I'm not dating you, but you're a really good guy and appreciate those good guys are not just the ones that you would date. But my challenge will come in in instead saying step back evaluate those guys see the good qualities look for those good things are they like we said are they spiritually minded are they pursuing the lord are they serving in church are they submitted to his word and if they are you know maybe there's guys like that in your church there are some you're like you're sitting there like wow yeah so and so meets that criteria take a step back and say okay why why am I not interested there? What is keeping me from being interested in this guy who is a good guy that I'm saying there aren't any of? And there's always, well, yeah, he's good, but what is that? But that would be my, I've said that would be my challenge. Like, but like at its core, evaluate that. Are you saying, well, he's a really good guy in all those ways, but he's not really my type. He's not typically what I look for, or he's, you know, 
I'm really sporty and he's nerdy or whatever. Some of these things that we give maybe more weight than they should have. Uh, Maybe you don't have all the same interests or he laughs at things that you don't think are funny or whatever. Now, I'm not saying go marry the guy, but I'm just saying as girls, let's give weight to the things that should have weight and not to the things that shouldn't. And if you know a guy who's a good guy, he is those things. Maybe reevaluate a little. Mm. It's a good challenge. Okay, next lie. What is it, Beth? Are you ready? Yes. We've all said this at some point. I can change him. (laughs) Dot, dot, dot. (laughs) Not exclamation point. It's almost like a has like, I can change him, right? Yeah. We'll we'll fix that. And we actually did an episode last season, I believe, called Should I Wait for Him to Change? So I would highly recommend you go back and listen to that full episode if this is we're not going to camp here forever, but if yeah. this is a lie that you find yourself um, <laughs> saying quite a bit with the guys you're dating, then we talk all about that in that episode. So definitely go check that out. Yes. And now I will say this. When you're thinking about this one, evaluate first. What are you wanting to change? If you wish he'd wear a different cut of jeans, great. Buy him the jeans. Change it. If you wish he'd wear a different cologne, great. Buy him the cologne. Change it. Guys don't care about that stuff. Well. Some do. In my experience, guys I have dated, for the most part, could care less. So long as they were comfortable in what they were wearing, so long as they liked whatever cologne it was, so long as, what on down the list, I'm talking about superficial things. They didn't really care. They want to make me happy. And, I mean, don't be over crazy about it. It's not all about you. But I'm just saying, like, they want to make you happy and they want, they don't care. You have things you don't care about that you would change for him too. It's a give and take here. So if it's those things we're talking about great change it make it better y'all work it out however you want to more power to you is all I gotta say on that that's not what we're talking about here if you're talk, if we're going into something thinking well I will change his temper I will change his impatience I will change that he lies I will change that he's not kind character personality traits that are rooted in heart issues and you're gonna say well I'll change those that is not okay no, and it's not your job or uh-uh. anybody's job for that matter. It's the Lord's job to make that issue, hard issue, clear to him. It's not your job to convict him uh-uh. or to try to make him want to deal with whatever it is. That is all up to the Lord. Yeah. And you can't be God in his life. Your boyfriend does not need another conscience. The Holy Spirit does not need your help. Okay. <laughs> and I know as girls, we want to, you know, we want to step in and we want to help. And we, you know, you. It's that nurturing it part. Is. Yeah. It is. And there, you know, all the books and movies of, oh, he changed for her. And he, you know, was so much better once he met her. But if you're the motivation behind his change, the change is not going to stick. No. Because it's not. Like Bethany said a minute ago, or maybe it was while we were planning. You may not have said this on the air, but like you can't slap a Band-Aid on it Mm. and expect it to heal when it really needs like surgery (laughs) or stitches or a cast Got a bone poking out and you're going to give him a Band-Aid. Yeah, like it doesn't work that way. And so you can't be the motivation or the reason why he's changing because if you are, it will eventually revert back to you because he's not dealing with the heart issue. Yeah, I... Outside of the superficial things, I don't want 
a guy to change for me. Hmm. If he listens to music I like because I like it, well, that's sweet and adorable. And yes, please keep doing that. (laughs) But outside of things like that, I don't want him to change for me because that's not the right motivation and it's not going to be lasting change because that turns into, well, I did this, so now you should do that. Or I've been doing this, why aren't you? Like, not always, but it's a human thing. And until... Whatever this issue is, and this goes for you too. We're talking about girls, lies we believe about dating guys, but this goes for you too. So until he sees whatever issue this is as something that is between him and God and not between him and you, it's not going to truly get fixed. Because as long as he's just trying to please you and to get you to stay with him or to get you to be happy he's not really changing. He's doing what needs to be done to make you happy. And that is good. I mean, that's, I'm not saying that's awful, but it's not true heart change. Only the Lord can bring that about. And it can only be when he sees the issue as a sin against God, instead of something that just makes his girlfriend mad. Mm -hmm. And so until it gets to that point, he's not going to change. And so for you to think, well, I'll come in and I'll change him will lead to nothing but frustration in the long run, I don't think. Yeah. So that's, it's just a really important distinction we want y'all to make here is what are you wanting to change? And if it's not something like we said, superficial, then, and you shouldn't want to change everything. Like you like this guy cause you like him. <laughs> yeah. So, you, you know, you don't like the way he dresses. There, there are things that change like Bethany yeah. said, cause he wants to impress you or make you happy or whatever, but don't, one, believe that you can or believe that you should. Yeah. And that's where, you know, you you have to trust the Lord to be like, you know what, Lord? I know you know what's best for him. You know what he needs to work on. You know what the hard issues are. It is your job and responsibility to take care of it and not mine and free me of that burden yeah. to feel like I need to be the one to do this. Yes. Now, before we move on to the next one, I want to add our standard caveat here. Don't go into this looking for a guy who's perfect. Mm-hmm. Don't go into this looking for a guy who never sins. You're not going to find it. But because like we said at the very beginning of this, God will use you both to sanctify the other. And that is change. But sanctification is heart change before the Lord and leading a more holy life submitted to him. Sanctification is not behavior modification to please a person. Mm -hmm. So God will use you to sanctify each other. But that is using you to point out your shortcomings before the Lord. Exactly. Not each other. So go in. You're both going to have blind spots and shortcomings and things that need to be worked on. But when God is sanctifying you, that is still between you and God ultimately. So yes. just good. put that on it. Good call. Good call. Okay. Next lie. We're almost done. Y'all, our episodes in 2020 just keep getting longer and longer. <laughs> we don't have anything else to do. Yeah. Just seriously. sit around here and talk to you guys. <laughs> you're welcome. Yes. Okay. So next lie is this time it'll be different. When it comes to specifically overlooking red flags. And this can be something that you tell yourself in multiple different scenarios. So this can be the case with a new guy, but similar red flags to a past relationship. This can be you getting back together with someone you've already dated that there were red flags before. And those don't seem to have gone away. Yep. Yep. Or this can be you starting to date when you have baggage and issues that you haven't dealt with and worked Mm. through. It's so easy. And obviously, we're trying to help y'all date. We want y'all to be healthy, strong, you know, godly women. But 
it's not always on the guys yeah. and it's very easy for us to be like oh well he has red flags or oh he's gonna be like this again or all guys are awful or you know whatever <laughs> look inward to yeah. here because this could be something where the guy's great and you're thinking like oh well he's so great it'll, i'll be okay it'll be different this time yeah I'll, because he's so good i'll rise to the occasion or yeah. whatever and no if you haven't dealt with your past hurt your trust issues your you know whatever or even if you have an issue that led to a previous breakup that was like hey okay i really need to work on these things because this was detrimental to our relationship like whether it's a character thing or you know communication whatever those things are but then yeah this guy comes along who seems awesome and you haven't dealt with any of those things and you think oh it's fine. It'll be different this time. Like I can make it work. It's a different guy. Like it'll be fine. And you haven't dealt with those things. You're going to hit a lot of those same frustrations and it won't be different. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. So really this is a good time for reflection. Not yeah. only of, Hey, be honest with yourself about this guy, whether he's new or, you know, coming back around. Yeah. <laughs> um, again, don't date in a bubble. Nope. Talk to your mentors. Talk to your friends. Talk to your parents who saw, like, who know, people who know this guy and get their input and their counsel on this. And also look at yourself and ask those people, do you think I'm ready? Do you think I'm in a good place? Do you think I've adequately worked through XYZ since the last guy or since I've been struggling with this for the last year or whatever? And do you think this is a good idea? And if the answer is yes, then great. Yeah. But if it's not, you saying, oh, this is going to be different is not going to help anything. You're going to end up exactly where you were last time. Yeah. And we just did an episode, what was it, two weeks ago? Maybe three? Yeah. Our preferences, obstacles, and red flags. Yes. Yes. Go listen to that one. We talk, that one we kind of, we talk a lot about red flags in general or preferences in general. But in that one, we really kind of get down to the nitty gritty a little bit more of like, hey, these things are red flags. These things are preferences. So go listen to that. And that can kind of give you an idea of, oh, hey, maybe I shouldn't sweep this under the rug. Like this isn't something that I should just hope is different this time. Mm -hmm. Um, And that'll give you some insight there, I think. Okay. Let's talk about our last one. And this one it's kind of a doozy. Um, <laughs> and the lie that we believe about dating is that the more I blank, wait, serve the Lord, read my Bible, pray, whatever it is, the more I blank, the better my dating life or marriage will be. Whew. Guilty. Yep, I was just about <laughs> to say, I'm like, this one I have definitely, I can ascribe to this one. Um, and y'all, I'm telling I might as well just look in a mirror and say this as much as I'm saying it to y'all, but like you can't earn a good marriage or a good date. You can work on yourself. You can grow, you can mature, you can, you know, grow in your relationship with the Lord and that will help you, but it doesn't guarantee that you're going to have this fantastic, mostly conflict-free marriage or dating life because you've waited for longer than everybody else. You're the last of your friends to get married. You serve all the time at church you're just, you know, super godly and close to the Lord and you basically walk around with a halo over your head, you know, <laughs> that doesn't entitle you to a great marriage or great dating experiences. And again, I've said this before, relationships involve two people. So, and again, I'm not trying to like, oh, you can do everything great and the guy just ends up being terrible. That's not what I'm trying to say. But there is a big part of a relationship that is out of your control. Mm-hmm. And you can do your part. You can be growing and, you know, 
trying to be the best version of yourself and become more like Christ and all that. And things could still go wrong. Things can fall apart. Things can not go the way you expected them to. And whether that's because of the guy you're with, whether that's because of extenuating circumstances, whatever the case may be, you don't earn the right to this, oh, my marriage is going to be better than all my friends because I got married 10 years after all of them. That's not (laughs) how it works. No. But we think like... My joke is like, well, God, my husband better be like wine at this point where he just gets better the longer I have to wait to like get to him, you know? And that's just, it's a joke because it's not true. Like I'm not going to have a better marriage than someone who got married at 19 because it's like a rite of passage of, oh, I've, I've suffered for the Lord in my waiting. So I'm, it's going to pay off. Like that's not how it works. No, I think we think of it almost like, you put money in the bank and you take it out tomorrow. Well, great. You have the same money you started with and meh, whatever. It's money. Like three cents. Extra. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Yeah. But if you put money in the bank and you leave it there for five, 10, 12 years, and then you take the money back out, well, you've accrued a lot of interest and it was so worth the wait and it's so great and think of all you can do and it's wonderful. That is not how this works. You're not putting something on deposit that you're going to get this guaranteed return on. But I think that's how we look at it sometimes. And it goes back to our view of God and how he operates. And there is nothing in God's economy that is earned by merit. That includes marriage. There's nothing at all that we earn because we are good enough, because we have done enough, because we have performed enough. It's all of grace. And you're not going to wait longer and earn more grace. That's not how grace works. And so I think that's what, with this lie of saying, well, the more I wait or the more I whatever, then God will give me something better. And people will say that as an encouragement, but it's not helpful (laughs) because it just kind of perpetuates this idea that you're earning something better by waiting. Like you're like, it's like this martyr complex. Mm -hmm. Things don't normally end well for martyrs, though. Um, <laughs> Newsflash. And so we, we've got to stop trying to earn grace. And that's why it's frustrating. And you feel like your wheels are spinning. is because you're trying to earn something that's impossible to earn in the, be- in the first place. But God is sitting there more than willing to dole it out on us in spades. But we say, no, thanks. I want it to look different. Mm. I mean... The audacity of that. I know. Um, So much. It's so funny how so much of this boils down to pride. Oh, it all does. And how like it's, oh, I deserve this. Yeah. I'm entitled to this. God, why aren't you giving this to me? Mm -hmm. Look how much I've done for you. And I, (laughs) my, one of my least proud moments, I think I've told this on here, but it's been, again, it's been a while, Uh so we'll go. But God, I remember what intersection I was sitting at in my car when... One of my friends was, she'd just gotten a full-time job, went from intern to full-time. I was getting let go in the mm. process of like my contract had just been not renewed yeah. with this company. She was about to get engaged to this amazing guy. Like all this stuff is going right. And y'all, I'm not proud of this, but basically was like, Lord, I have been following you since mm. I was five and I have, look at all I'm doing and I am working for a nonprofit and I am in in church and look at all this stuff and blah 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 and I have been faithful and nah, nah, nah. and my friend at the time had only been a believer for about a couple of years now 
most mature like two-year-old believer i think i'd ever met of just like it was incredible to hear her story and like what god had done in her life and i'm sitting there like matching us up as if mm. that's what should entitle me to this job and the guy and all this stuff and as soon as it came because i'm audibly praying like the guy next to me at the stoplight probably thought i was insane because i'm crying like it just wasn't pretty and as soon as i said it i was like oh good night where's the rewind button like i'm so sorry i take it all back yeah. like, please and is and that's thankfully the holy spirit acting very quickly and being like nope Kristen, not the right yeah. thing to say but i was like who am i to yeah. sit here and be like oh let me name off all the things that i've done for you lord and he's like hmm, can we go back to where my son died for you yeah like nothing you can't even come close and you think that because you did these few little like seemingly good things that i view yeah. as dirty rags that you're entitled <laughs> to a husband yeah doesn't work that way mm-hmm. but again we're so flawed and our sin nature and our selfishness and our pride so skews our way of thinking that in the world's economy i do the right thing i get what i want yep or I follow the rules and I get the desired outcome. Not how it works here. Yeah. And so it's, again, not my proudest moment, but gosh, what I learned from that few minutes of, oh, let me get off my high horse, mm-hmm. please. And Lord, I'm so sorry. Please, yeah. Please just forget that ever happened. Right. Because it was, I was so just, I felt so guilty and so ashamed. And obviously there's, forgiveness and all of yeah that and, you know whatever but it was just a wake-up call yeah. of, this is not how this works and the longer that you think this is how it works the more disappointed you're gonna be mm-hmm. and it's been quite the lesson but I'm, I'm even the the method that I had to learn it was not ideal but I'm so glad mm-hmm. that I learned it because it's it's stuck with me yeah and it's in those moments where it's like we're like this pinball in a pinball machine that's like all over the place bouncing off of everything this is a horrible analogy <laughs> like where are you going I'm, I'm I'm God's like the pinball machine he's there he's not moving and we're like flying oh, all over the place analogy. okay i was like god is a pinball machine it's, i was like oh i don't like where this is going. but <laughs> No, I've just been so thick. Just talking about that, about how like we're all over the place and we're trying, like we were saying, we're trying to earn grace. And yet, I mean, we fail miserably at any point along here. Even our best attempts at humility are laced with pride. Like, and to, basically, it's just like the things that God puts up with, like we think of it on a human scale, but like you're so thankful that he is steady and, you know, calm and always there. I had I listened to a song. I don't think it's a new song. If y'all know me, you know it's not a new song. Um, <laughs> and it's a pretty simple song, but it's called The God Who Stays. Like, very simple song, mm-hmm. though. And in the course, it talks about, you know, you're the God who stays. And the God who stands with wide open arms saying, there's nothing I could ever do to separate my heart from the God who stays. And it's I was just like, you know, but we try so hard. He's there. He's not moving. And he's saying, here is grace. And we're like, hold on, I'll be back. Let me go see if I can come up with something to make myself worthy of this on my own. Mm-hmm. What kind of idiots are we? <laughs> so, I mean, that's, I've just thought that about myself recently. I'm just like, seriously? Yeah. Like, it's almost comical. It's it so is. bad. Like, if you really yeah. think about it, it's like, 
we're so dumb. <laughs> and and I, I was talking to someone not long ago and I was like, you know, I get frustrated because I'm like, you'd think by now I would have learned this. Like it would stick, but I do the same things over and over and over. I get back in the same and I'm just so glad God doesn't think like we do because I'd be like, oh my word, mm-hmm. get your act together or I'm done. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. The level of patience is just yeah. incomprehensible. It is. So we're going off topic now, but um, be glad that God's not like us, basically. Yeah, seriously. Uh, What's the prayer that, Lord, thank you that you are God and I am not. Yeah. And But really. Go with that. Yeah. So I think that's what we'll leave you with. Don't try to earn grace. Be thankful that God is not going anywhere and seek truth instead of lies. Mm-hmm. Amen. There we go. All right, guys. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode. We have, I think, five more before the end of the season. I've completely this lost count. <laughs> yeah, this is 11. We have 16 total. So yeah, five more. Okay. And I'll go ahead and tell y'all what we have planned for Christmas. So we okay. have an episode. I think it's the week is it the week of Christmas or the week before is the last episode of the season? I think it's the week of Let's Christmas. Let's look here. I'll see if I can figure out while you're talking. Okay. And we decided it would be fun because we looked at our couch cast list episode or episode, our couch cast question list yesterday. And yeah, we've got like 50 questions that we haven't done yet. And so we thought we would... Okay, yeah. So the Wednesday before Christmas is our yeah. last episode. So we're going to do the 12 days of couch cast. Yes. Leading up to Christmas. So we're going to, the 12 days leading up to the 25th, we are going to have a couch cast come out every single day. Yes. To try to get y'all's questions trying to catch up. answered and catch yeah. up a little bit. And we've got some other ideas on how we're going to do that. But, um,. That's something to look forward to. So we'll be spamming y'all's podcast (laughs) feeds leading up to Christmas. And we're really excited about it. So make sure you stay tuned for that. But that is all we have. I think this is our longest episode ever, Kristen. I think other than the Men Tell All episodes. That's true. Those get long. But just us two, man. This is is our record for sure. So thank y'all for sticking with us through all this. Y'all are the best. And we'll be back this Friday. Yep. So stay tuned for that. But until then, I'm Kristen. And I'm Bethany. And this is Looking for the Middle. Mm -hmm.